Welcome to the Raz Blitz Podcast. I am your host, Matthew Bowie, and joining us tonight, we have some very special guests. First, we have the number one, the host of the number one hockey podcast in Saudi Arabia. It oh, is yeah. Reed. <laughs> Reed, how you doing, man? Dude, I'm doing awesome, man. I saw those demographics. We are an international podcast now. <laughs> I cannot believe it. We are global. Uh, there are countries that genuinely have never seen ice or hockey, and we have listen. We have at least one listener there, so I'm stacked, man. I like nice. I'm ready to go. All right, we have our uh, in-house Raiders fan, son. Son, how you doing? Yes, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me again, guys. Anytime, man. And of course, our producer and co-host, Zach Robinson. Zach. You have some hot takes tonight. I know I, you do. I, yeah, I'm. I'm mostly excited about how you know I'm here. You're here, Matt. We've got Stan. We've got Reed. Finally, a podcast that Stan can be on that doesn't have to record at 1 a.m. Eastern time. That, like, what a time to be alive! I'm. I'm just. <laughs> I'm super stoked about what we've got rolling right now. All right, uh, we can hop right into the Week 14 slate uh, if you guys don't mind. So, uh, Reed, we'll start with you. We have uh, Thursday night, we have the New Orleans Saints and the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, I do not like Julio Jones at all this week. <laughs> um, the, he's only good against Tampa this year. Um, is there anyone that you like in this game a lot? Um, so, you and I are going to actually have a disagreement here to start off the podcast. I actually like Julio a lot. And it's because I like Alvin Kamara a lot as well. Marvin, uh, Mark Ingram it popped up on the injury report with a toe injury. Yeah. I actually don't think he's going to play. If this game was on Sunday, I'd say Mark Ingram's going to go in. But it's a Thursday night game. Then they're probably going to just say, you know what? The Alvin Kamara is more than like able to handle the lion's share. I think Kamara is going to be an absolute monster. I think DraftKings-wise or Daily Fantasy-wise, he's looking at a 38-point night Worth for the you. price, though. Yeah, worth, he'll probably um, be the well worth the price. Back. I'm grateful. I'm literally a couple Hail Marys that I don't have to play against Kamara in any uh, fantasy football playoffs. Oh, God, um, I better check And that. I think... I think New Orleans is going to get up in this one, and I think Atlanta is going to have no choice but to throw it everywhere. And I think they're going to. I think Steve Sarkeesian is going to realize maybe I throw to Julio, and that gets me points. And then they realize that that works because Julio is really good. <laughs> so, so there's a possibility that he gets more than seven targets on, yes. on Thursday. Yes. <laughs> All right, Stan. What do you think of this game? Um, yeah, Kamara's a, you know, he's a lock. I mean, Atlanta, you know, the way that they structure their D, you know, they, they, you know, they let the running backs catch the ball out of the backfield and then they, you know, Oh my gosh, Zach, Zach, um, do they, do they funnel the run? Oh, funnel? Zach, oh, that's, Zach, yeah, that's Zach's funnel? <laughs> Um, well, I mean, Atlanta and New Orleans are, they're pretty just straightforward. They're both pretty good defenses, so it's not like an extreme funnel situation, but I'll let you know when we get to other games and there are, because right, you I'm betcha I, I know what defenses are funneling. Okay. I'm sorry about that saying. Go no, ahead. All good. All good. Um, I'm actually, I'm taking the under on the, uh, on this game. Um, Ooh. You know, both, yeah. You know, 
you know, fast track, you know, whatnot. But I think both teams, you know, they love to run the ball, and both teams they suck at, at defending the run. So the best way, you know, I mean, it's twofold, right? Like control the clock, pound the run. You know, that's basically what they want to do to begin with. But then it also keeps the opposing uh, offense off the field. So I mean, the over under opened at fifty five. It's already been bet down to fifty one. Um, you know, I, I think. Uh, you know, I, I would take the under there at 51 as well. So I think actually the running backs are, are the plays in this game. Um, is uh, Lattimore, Marshawn Lattimore, is he? he yeah, he, pra- yes, he, he practiced. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, he's going to shadow Julio. Um, yeah, I'm not really feeling, I mean, if there's one receiver for Atlanta, I, I kind of prefer uh, Sanu in the slot um, because they're, uh, you know, Crawley and uh, Lattimore are awesome on the, on the outside. And I think it's more in the slot, and he, you know, he's a weak link. So, but you know, at the end of the day, it, for me, I, I think this is more of a, a grinded out, pounded, pounded game. And I know that's probably against conventional thinking, but uh, that's the way I see it. No, I, I agree with you because it's a it's a Thursday night game, and they tend they tend to be weird, and it's, especially since it's a it's a divisional matchup. Those are always yeah. you know um, yeah. a little outside of the norm. So. Zach, did you have anything you wanted to add to this game? Yeah, no. So the only thing I'll add, I agree with what... Yeah, uh, yeah or no? Yes. Yes. Okay. I do have one more thing to add. Um, the Falcons are going to be without their left guard, Andy Levitre. Uh, he didn't practice this entire week, and he was dealing with, I think, a tricep um, injury or soreness or something. So that's going to hurt their run blocking versus the Saints. I don't know if it's enough to be completely off Devonta Freeman or Tevin Coleman, but just keep that in mind. If they do throw up duds, maybe that's a part of it. All right. Uh, moving on to the Sunday slate, the noon games. We have a game where three of four of us like the money line on this game. We like the money line for the Cleveland Browns. Um, so, Reed, what is the what is the line? How much are the Packers favored by? Packers right now are three-point favorites, three, three-and-a-half, depending on where you go. Um, total is sitting at 40, 40-and-a-half. Listen, uh, Zach's the only – Zach is in the minority here. He is the dissenting opinion. The rest of us – I will speak for the rest of us. We think Deshaun Kaiser is going to be a good play in this game. I love Josh Gordon. Like I cannot stress enough how much I love Josh Gordon in this game. Um I don't, and the Browns actually stuff the run pretty well, so you have to throw it on them. And realistically, it comes down to: Do we think Brent Hundley is going to go on the road and throw against a team where realistically, if they're ever going to get a win, this is probably the spot the rest of the season. And this is it, yeah. Like I think, yeah, their game against Baltimore is on the road. I believe, like, it's not a good spot against Baltimore like I this is it I think Cleveland gets the one in 15 this year and I think this is the one yeah all right Zach tell us why that's not gonna happen no I I actually agree with you guys I just what (laughs) I'm just I'm maybe not as enthusiastic about Deshaun Kaiser as you guys are but I I totally agree with what you guys are saying in terms of this Green Bay secondary, of course, it's a great matchup for Josh Gordon. Really good, you know, targeted a lot in his first game back last week. And then Cleveland, 
Cleveland actually has a much better defense than people give it credit for. I do agree with uh, Reed about how they stuff the run, but their secondary isn't like leaky as well, and which you know hurts um, Brett Hundley. However, I don't think Hundley. I, I think Hundley's a little bit better than what Reed is saying. Remember, he did do pretty well against uh, Pittsburgh. A couple weeks back, I'm not the uh, you know I don't I don't know if I think Cleveland will win this game, but I think it's a really good matchup and an opportunity for them to. Um, Matt, where did you have him in your rankings? Who? Sorry, I was uh, looking Kaiser. at I have him at 18th. But okay, yeah, that's reasonable. R- Reed, if you could rank him, where would you rank him? Are we talking top 12? Is he a starter in 12-team leagues? I th- I think it comes down to, like, who were you riding beforehand? Okay, right. so... So uh, it's like... So, so I'm sitting him over... If you're riding Kirk Cousins, like, let's right. use... I take Kirk Cousins. If you're riding Kirk Cousins, I'm starting Deshaun Kaiser over him. Like, I don't know if I can I, get on board with that. Like, if I, if I was riding Derek Carr... I'd go I car. think it's actually a lot closer than what than like what you would see at first like glance. If I'm ta- if I'm looking at let's pick another one here. Okay, who would you rather have, Mariota or Kaiser? Mariota or Kaiser? Uh, definitely Kaiser. I think I have Mariota at like twenty one this week. They're playing at the Cardinals. Yeah, but Mariota sucks. Right. That's tough. <laughs> okay, That's okay. Tough. Who would you rather have, Sexy Jimmy or Kaiser? I think I'd go this Kaiser. week. Yeah, I'd go Kaiser. Sweet, this sweet weekend. Jimmy. He is so beautiful, but I think I'd go Kaiser. Okay, would you rather have Dak Prescott on the road at the Ooh, Giants? Dak, Dak, definitely without without hesitation. No, I think, I, I, I think Dak's going to get crushed. I think the Cowboys going to get crushed this week against the Giants. Yeah. yeah, I'm the return of Eli. Yeah, yeah but coach, that does random stag, Eli for a yard game. Yeah, but then I mean, that just coach, means a shootout. Out. No, 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 I, no, no, I think the Spags defense is going to yeah. show up and play for their, for sure. for yeah, he's their new, own personal coach. He's a new leader now. Yeah, he's a new leader. You sheriff and so. I don't mind that analysis, but I'll, I'll just say this. I, I think it's a great spot for Kaiser. I'm not as enthusiastic about him as you guys are, but nonetheless, it, he isn't the worst start in the world. Josh Gordon's in a fantastic matchup. Um, so Josh Gordon gets two touchdowns on Sunday. I mean, sure. where does that leave Kaiser? Yeah, three. Because I mean, he's got a throw. And actually, Kaiser's been running the ball, too. He's giving you the rushing yeah, yards. 46 rushing yards yeah, last he's week. He's the one you're hoping. He's doing the stat line that you were but, hoping uh, Mariota was going to give you. I'll, I'll say this. I'll ask you guys this. Are you worried about him being prone to turnovers? Turnovers don't hurt you that much in fantasy football. Uh, and honestly, we're still close enough to Thanksgiving where turnovers are great. So mm, Good call. <laughs> good call. In two out of the last four games, Deshaun Kaiser has at least 20 fantasy points. Yeah, it's not. Uh, yeah, I don't mind that. I'm just maybe against guys like Kirk Cousins and Dak Prescott, I would rather take the floor of Dak and Kirk than I would Kaiser. 
That's all. He I'm out, say. He's he's outperformed his Yahoo projection in four out of the last five weeks. Yeah, but his Yahoo projection was probably like negative four. <laughs> no, it's around the it's around the ten range each week. Okay, then yeah, exactly. You said negative four. That's a difference of fourteen. Yeah, but it's <laughs> <laughs> good. Good call. Good call. I'm just not, yeah. Uh, so Raiders and Chiefs. We'll start with you, uh, son. Since it is your team, are the Raiders going to be able to knock the Chiefs out of the tiebreaker of the top spot of the AFC West? Uh, yeah, I mean, Zach and I were, were talking about this game a little bit before you guys came on. Um, I'm, I, I keep going back and forth on this because it, my initial thoughts were that uh, it's going to be a shootout. You know, both teams, uh, especially on the defensive side of the ball, I mean, they're very porous and leaky. Um, you know, they played earlier this year, and Carr went just absolutely nuts. It was a shootout. It was like 33-31 or something like that. Um, he threw for like 400 yards. But the more I started digging into things uh, and just started thinking about things, I could I could see this game being a, a really, you know, just a grinded-out, slobber-knocker type of game. And, um, you know, Oakland, you know, they've been getting their running game going recently. Uh, KC is, you know, Arrowhead is a really tough place to play in, no matter what. And then, you know, it's the second game uh, of the divisional rivalry. So, like, that's, and, and, you know, both teams are battling it out for for playoff positioning. So, um, I'm kind of leaning more towards it being, you know, like a game in the 20s rather than a game in the 30s. And, Mm -hmm. you know, my, I guess my contrarian, you know, play here, like, I, I think Crabtree's a lock. Um, he's going to get peppered with targets. Uh, I, I don't think Amari Cooper's playing. Um, but my contrarian play is I think Kareem Hunt, you know, kind of breaks out here in this game. Um, oh. Yeah, like Ty Freak, you know, he's been just abusing this, you know, this defense. Um, you know, the Raiders, like their secondary, their cornerbacks, like they always struggle with these little small, you know, jittery bug, like speedster type receivers. And, you know, he's absolutely torched them like the last like five games that they played or something like that. So, you know, I think I think there's going to be an adjustment here, you know, especially since Ken Norton's out. Um, they're probably going to have more, you know, bubble coverage, kind of limit the deep play. Um, so I could see Kelsey going off. But I do think that Kareem Hunt, you know, I mean, everyone's off him, right? He's been terrible, um, you know, but he's still getting 17, what, to 19 carries, a couple, you know, targets in the past game. And, you know, if they really do want to, you know, be serious contenders, they need to get that ground game going. So, um, yeah, so, I, you know, I think it's a, a lower scoring game than what Vegas has right now. I think it's like 47 and a half. So, yeah, I like the one games in both of this game. All right, Zach. Um, I know you like a certain quarterback in this game. So why don't you I'll give you the floor here. Yeah, so Sunday is the Lord's Day, and Derek Carr is a man of God. So, obviously, Derek Carr... Thank you, thank you, Sam. Thank you, I'm here all week. Um, I think Derek Carr is in a fantastic spot. Kansas City gives up, the in the entire NFL, they give up the most air yards and dot, which is... Air yards is just pretty much how... It's kind of like yards, but it just takes into account like just how long the ball is in the air. And ADOT is average depth of target. So this Kansas City secondary is just isn't good. And Marcus Peters is going to be suspended for this game for throwing the flag last week. So well worth it, in my opinion. Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. But 
this is just a horrible secondary without Peters. One can argue Peters isn't even very good. That's true. Sure, but I'm <laughs> saying just with his absence, it's just not good. Um, it, it, it's yet to be seen if Cooper, he did practice today, but Cooper not play this week. If not, Michael I'm with, Crabtree. I'm with Stan here. I don't. I don't think he's gonna play. Yeah, Michael Crabtree's in a great spot. I totally agree with all the reasoning behind Kareem Hunt, especially because Andy Reid is no longer the play caller. But personally, I can't go with Hunt again because I've just, I've, I, I've just. I think every single week before the Jets game, I wrote up this offense, and then I was finally just done after their performance against Buffalo. I was like, I can't trust this team anymore. And naturally, they blow up. So, yeah. And then the Raiders' second defense isn't that much better either, so I think Smith can do well. Kelsey's obviously in a great spot. Tyreek Hill is obviously in a great spot. Um, I think this game's going to be a high-scoring shootout. But I understand what Stan is saying about it being the second game of of a divisional game, so... Yeah, I'm with Stan here. Like, I'm not high on Alex Smith at all. I think I have him ranked uh, fourth as my over as my fourth over eighth overall QB, and I think the average is like four this week because uh, I, I I guess last week was enough for people to just hop right back on the Alex Smith train. Like, I think he could have a pretty decent game, but yeah, I'm with Stan here. I think it could be a a grinded out game. Rudy. And, Rudy has Smith as his number two quarterback. Tyreek Hill as his number seven oh, wide receiver. God. I didn't check where uh, <laughs> where Kelsey was. Um, I'm playing against both of them this week. Yeah, personally, I love Derek Carr. I just, I, I really do. He's actually, if you look at Football Outsiders and their DVOA and DYAR metrics, which just pretty much measures efficiency, he's eighth and tenth. In, no, I'm sorry. He's tenth and eleventh in DVOA and DYAR. He's a car. Are you actually, arguing DVOA for fantasy? Yes, I am. Derek Carr, That's like the anti-fantasy stat. No, that isn't. Shut up. So I, <laughs> no, I, I like Derek Carr. I think, I, I think he's in a good spot. I want to ask you guys about this. What do you think about Marshawn Lynch? It's a good matchup, but what, what I mean, do you guys he think just keeps he, he keeps finding the end zone. Um. He had a great 60-yard run last week, and uh, he ended up over 100 yards. I know a lot of a big chunk of that was on um, one run. play. Yeah. yeah, one play. But I mean, what is he? He's reached hands on in like four out of the past five games. So, I mean, I, I'm not going to sit him. Yeah, I mean, they want to run the ball. You know, I mean, that's the strength of this team. So, um, you know, the interesting thing is, is you know, he's getting targets. Yeah, it's not crazy, but, you know, he caught two balls last week, three balls the week before. So, um, I think the floor is pretty high. Reed? No, I completely agree. This is also one of those games where I'm a little bit mad at Alex Smith and Kareem Hunt. I I was in a tiebreaker. It was a win-and-get-in match last week. There are two reasons I lost. One, I played Russell Wilson over Alex Smith. Which I don't think was that horrible of a decision. I wouldn't regret. I wouldn't regret that. Also, I played Detroit's defense over Carolina's defense, and I lost by point four two. Detroit's that's defense brutal. got me negative four points. Oh my uh, goodness! Carolina yeah. somehow had three points on defense. I made the objectively smarter decision in terms of starting a defense, yeah. which went horrendously wrong. And now I'm not only do I not have a shot at the champion, like I'm out of the playoffs. Like, 
I'm not even in the playoffs. And my team was stacked. My team was loaded. And Julio, again, went MIA. But don't get that, me started um, on that. That, uh, <laughs> Reed, that, uh, that sounds like an excuse. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But, so, spe- go ahead. No, go on. Speaking of close calls in the industry duds league that I play in with Ooh. Zach Raya here and uh, Mike Mayer and uh, Chris Towers, mm. Tim Heaney. Uh, it's pretty much all Mace, the guys from the point after show. And all the guys from the point after show. So I was in the eighth seed. Six makes the playoffs out of 16. And I needed a win and I needed uh, Zach here to slingshot me in. And I needed Chris Towers to beat. And I have milk dud. I have no idea who that is. Um, and yeah, Chris Towers didn't set his lineup and I needed him to win. And he was down 26 points going into the last night. Oh man. And he had AJ green Cincinnati defense and he won by 0.73 points. And <laughs> Zach, wow. Zach, Zach beat Mike. And I'd like I to say that- this about my matchup versus Mike. Uh, first off, you guys laughed at me when I drafted Nelson Aguilar in a 16-team league. Who's laughing now, Matthew? Who is laughing now? Second off, I got a not-so-very-nice text message from one Matthew Bowie um, saying, asking me why I couldn't beat Mike. And I said, wait, wait, just a second. The game isn't over. And who won? So I ask again, who's laughing now, Matthew? Who is laughing now? I, I am because I'm in the playoffs. Yeah, that's true. I'm not in the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I made the playoffs literally by .73 points. Backdoors yourself in there. That's beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. All right, Reed, we'll throw it back to you for the Vikings and the Panthers. I am so conflicted by this game. I'm just going to tell you right now, I'm so conflicted by this game. Minnesota opened up as a one-point favorite. Right now, the line shifted to three yeah. or two and a half, three. I am totals at 41 pretty much. Like, I More money is coming in on the Vikings. Like I, I'm so conflicted because Carolina is good at home. Um, Keekly's playing, so I know the defense is going to be there. Like... I know, like, this is not a good McCaffrey spot at all. Mm-hmm. This is a good, terrible Christian McCaffrey spot. Um, I like this to me feels like a 17 7 type game. Like, yeah. I don't really see all the offense in the world happening here. So I just can't bench Case Keenum no matter the matchup. He's playing so is, well. Wait, is Case Keenum matchup proof? I think Case Keenum's matchup proof. Wow. To be welcome, to, welcome, welcome to 2017, everybody. Case Keenum <laughs> being matchup proof. That's a uh, wild sentence that Matt just uttered. Could you imagine I saying that at the end though. of last year? Could you imagine last year last talking year. us talking about how Josh Gordon's in like a smash spot against Green Bay? That's a wild. <laughs> that's wild. And Case Keenum just needs to get away. Case Keenum and Jared Goff literally just needed to get away from Jeff Fisher, and they're fine now. It is insane. That's good analysis. I'll, can I offer my uh, thoughts on this game for Reed to consume? Go for it. Um, on FanDuel, the Minnesota Vikings are 4.6K. I have no issues starting them because they're actually really good. I know that's a, 
that's such a crazy and outlandish take, but wait, the team that's ten and two is really yeah, good. Yeah, the 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 Vikings defense is actually really good. Cam yep. Newton is prone to interceptions, like I am prone to drinking water. So I, I don't have any complaints about starting the Vikings. I don't really want any part of this Carolina offense, both running the ball and passing the ball. Adam Thielen, of course, is matchup proof, but how good of a matchup? Is it really against Carolina? What, what, what do you what do you guys think? I I like Thielen this week, like you said. I don't like much else besides Case Keenum, uh, Kyle Rudolph. I mean, you're starting if you have him at tight end. I mean, he's a what? he's a, he's a red zone target. So are you benching Funchess or Greg Olson? Not Greg Olson, but I would bench Funches if I don't have. How about this? I want to. I want to see how. I want to see where where you guys where there's a difference in opinion. Would you guys start Kaiser over Cam? Yes. Wow! And just like that, Stan is out. <laughs> oh, Stan left. No, he's back. He's back. All right, Stan. Would you rather play Deshaun Kaiser or Cam Newton this week? Stan is not back. We thought Stan was back. But really, 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 Reed? Yeah, I think I am. Like, both at home. Okay. Green Bay's defense, not elite. Not good. Minnesota's defense. Probably it's the top defense in the league. Mm, yeah. Not, fan, not not scoring fancy points though, but definitely the best defense in the league. Just with not allowing points. Right. And it's not so much they put up a lot of fantasy points on defense, it's they stop the offense right. they're playing against. So like Carolina, we thought that like they've had a ton of like great match like great matchups. Like Cam Newton, what did he do at home week two against Buffalo? I know it's week two, but they put up nine points against a Bills defense, which we're finding out actually isn't all that great. <laughs> what are they gonna do against Minnesota? Like I know they went to New England and put up a ton of points, uh I think it was week three or something. But Yeah, that that was a totally different New England defense though. Yeah. Oh, I mean, like, I don't like. I don't understand. I don't think Carolina is going to find much success on offense. I don't think Jonathan Stewart's going to do anything this week. I think Christian McCaffrey is going to get knocked around, and he's banged up right now too. Uh, like Greg Olson's coming back off an injury; he had a miss last week. I I don't know how much I trust him. I think Cam's going to get pressured all the time. I don't like Cam Newton in this spot at all. This is just a prime letdown game for Carolina. Well, letdown per fantasy performance for Cam Newton. I guess I should rephrase that because I don't have expectations for Carolina, so they can't really let me down. Um, Are you guys, what do you think about the Vikings run run game? I don't like much against Carolina, you know, except for yeah. Case Keenum. I think he'll get... He'll throw two touchdowns, and he'll throw for right around 230 yards, and he'll get you 17 points, and I mean, that's pretty decent. Yeah. Um, so, hey, what's up, buddy? <laughs> Sorry about that, guys. All right, continue. <laughs> all right. Um, well, actually, wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. We had the okay. one debate. All right. All right. So. Okay. 
right, what are you guys talking about? All right, who would you rather start this week? Cam okay. Newton at home against Minnesota or Deshaun Kaiser at home against Green Bay? Of course, Kaiser. Wow, nah, I, I mean, yes. sure, yes. on paper. The official yes. podcast of Deshaun Kaiser. Yeah, officially. <laughs> it all started last week when I said he was going to be a top 12 quarterback, and now I have two brothers with me who are also big Deshaun Kaiser fans. Turns out he did not finish as, as a top 12 quarterback last what? week. <laughs> he was well on his way until he started. He put together some good drives in the fourth quarter that he just was not able to finish. He, he tends to fumble the ball sometimes. What? So as long as... <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Um, Stan, I want to throw it to you for yes, the Bears and the Bengals. So um, is there anyone that you like in this game? Uh, it's got to be Gio Bernard. He's the lock of the yeah. week, right? Um, but the Bears front seven, though. It doesn't matter. I mean, <laughs> at that price, I mean, who, I mean, who else is on the depth chart, right? Like, he's going to get carries and he catches passes, so his floor is going to be high. Um, you know what? Sh- Chicago likes playing that cover two, right? So there's lots of seams in the zone. Dump it off to the running back. Um, Ooh. I mean, I. Can you fade? Can you fade AJ Green in this matchup? Probably not, right? No, 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 no. Not against Kyle Fuller. <laughs> you know. So I mean, if you like AJ Green, I mean, you have to like Andy Dalton to some degree. Um, mm-hmm. I guess the only issue, right, is a short week, right? Um, and I mean, they're really not going to need to, you know, put the foot on the pedal. No. And, yeah. I mean, I mean, you guys like since he the since he D, right? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, Chicago is going to just run the ball anyways. Um, yeah. So probably low scoring game, probably not too much action, but yeah, Geo, I mean, Geo's a lot. Yeah. I think uh, we're looking at 20 to seven Bengals probably. Yeah. That sounds about right. Yeah. All right. I can see that. All right, Zach, any, anything to add in this game? What do you, th- we talked a little bit before we hopped on there. What do you think of, you kind of like Jordan Howard, don't you? Yeah, I just I'm attracted to running backs oh with oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> I I, I set myself up. Pa- way too much of a pause there after the <laughs> initial clause like oh boy. <laughs> um no, I am attracted to men and men that run the ball and have a lot of volume. Jordan Howard is that running back. Cincinnati's Cincinnati's defense of course, it was against Le'Veon Bell, but they gave up a lot to Le'Veon Bell, probably because they're you know linebackers don't know how to tackle or push a guy out of bounds. And then, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Duke Johnson had a pretty nice game two weeks back. So mm. I, I like Howard. Um, what about Tariq Cohen? No, unless you, I unless you get points for special teams return yards, then sure. As a flex option in those type of formats, sure. But aside from that, standard leagues, no. Okay. So a game I really want to talk about, and I really want to get Reed's opinion on, because I, I really love – I mean, they're in your division, so and you you see them all the time. So I, I, I want to get your opinion on J- Josh McCown's passing offense Thank with God. Robbie Anderson and Jermaine Curse. 
They play against the Broncos, who are a good passing defense, like a top 10 one, but they aren't world beaters like they were in 2015 and 2016. So what do you think of Josh McCown this week, and what do you think of Robbie Anderson? Um, I actually like both of them. Um, this is actually a very interesting game. Listen, I have I said it a couple weeks ago. Um, when the Jets played at Tampa Bay and you guys were all in on the Jets and I sat there and said, I don't envision a world where and any like reality where the Jets this season should be road favorites. <laughs> and we look at what happened here. Right now, they're a one-point favorite on the road at Denver. Like, again, like uh, 90% of the bets, 89% of the money or the bets right now are being placed on the Jets, but the money being bet is 50-50, which tells me bigger money is going on Denver. Okay. I genuinely, like, Denver's probably going to win this game. It'll be incredibly low scoring. I actually don't like Josh McCown at all this week. Okay. And I'm a little and I'm low on Robbie Anderson. Oh no. More more Robbie, than I normally would be. Robbie Anderson scored touchdowns in five straight games and followed it up the one game he didn't he broke the streak, but he still caught eight balls for one hundred and eight yards last week. Reed, what do you think about Asaf Janky? I think he'll probably get a red zone touchdown. But I don't listen. I like this Denver team. There's already being like talk of, well, can they fire Vance Joseph after one year? First of all, Elway's a terrible front office yes. guy. He's a terrible player personnel guy. These players are going to stick. They're going to. They're. I. This is one of those statement games where a team's like, we're going to go out with one last hurrah. This is probably it for Denver. I expect Denver to win this game. I have no idea how they're. I'm assuming they're going to score once on defense. So let's go thirteen to six, or thirteen seven. I'll give I'll give ASJ the touchdown. Like I don't really see that much scoring happening in this one. Uh, Denver's quarterbacking situation is an atrocity. Um, Good call. I don't care. Call. I don't care who's throwing it. Facts they, only. They, they just suck. Um, Denver quarterbacks. Um. Yeah, this is one of those games where this line makes no sense to me, and I still, like, again, the Jets should never be road favorites in this league. They are in this year. Not this year. Not happening. Like, I'm going to, I think Denver wins this one. All right, Stan. I want to get your thoughts on C.J. Anderson. Uh, He got the majority of the carries last week. And this is not a very good run defense. So, what do you th- do? You think CJ Anderson is flex worthy this week? Yeah, for sure. Um, because I'm I'm actually with Reed. I think uh, I think Denver smashes uh, the Jets here. Yes. Um, yeah. I mean, I think their you know their defense comes out um, to leaves back, right? So that kind of shows up their secondary, and you know the the correlation, right? If I believe their defense is going to smash, then uh, the running back is, is, is the best correlation there. Um, mm-hmm. he, got 50, he got 15 attempts. Well, he caught four balls last week in a loss. So, um, I mean, 20, 20 carries, three catches. I mean, that's that's really good, right? 23 touches. You know, I could see him approaching 100 yards, you know, maybe scoring a touchdown here. So, um, 
yeah, grind it out. Defense controls the ball. They're just going to pound CJ. So, you know, my, my only concern, though, is, uh, you know, do they, you know, kind of give Booker a little bit of run here as well? I mean, what do you guys think? That's, that's what's weird because Booker has had – the run the last few weeks. I mean, he's, he's yeah. it's been like a 60 40 split in favor of Anderson pretty much. Right. But last oh week, two. Booker, yeah. yeah, Booker only had two carries. Yeah, that's weird. It's, it's I, I don't know if I can put CJ Anderson in my lineup. Um, the, the argument for it is the matchup. And, and like, like you said, uh, if the defense plays well, then the running back's probably going to play well in the low scoring game. So, you know, I I can I can get behind that, but uh, yeah, it's it, it's all going to depend on the workload when it when it comes down to it. So Zach, I want to I want to run into the Redskins and Chargers game a little bit. So I want you to tell me why you think Kirk Cousins is a better play <laughs> is is a better play than Deshaun Kaiser this week. Our man crush. I think that <laughs> I think that we've seen games where Cousins has had a depleted offensive line and games without Chris Thompson and he still finds ways to get Crowder and Vernon Davis the ball and Josh Doxson the ball. So I just think I would much rather have the security of Cousins and the fact that he doesn't really turn the ball as uh, over as much as Deshaun Kaiser does. I, I would just rather have the floor of Cousins than I would try to risk it in the playoffs with Kaiser. Okay, um, yeah, I can definitely see you being a guy that finds security in, in Cousins. Well, I, if we're comparing to obviously like, oh wait, 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 was this wait was that just a oh I just got what okay roll roll tide roll tide um I, I was like wait oh, oh there we go yeah so I, I in his last two games uh, without without Chris Thompson which I think was probably the most important player in this offense to Kirk Cousins. He's failed to score 20 fantasy points in two really decent matchups. I mean, the New York Giants have given up a lot of points to the quarterbacks, and so has Dallas. And, I mean, Sean Lee didn't even play last week, if I remember correctly. So That was it, such a frustrating game, though, that no, nothing went according to plan in that game. Because Chris Thompson's on the lineup. Yeah, but I don't think that game was fraudulent only because Thompson was out. So you can't throw a Casey Hayward in, unless you have Josh Gordon, basically. That's, um, no, no, that's just a bad take. How? Because uh, Hay- Hay- Hayward's awesome, man. Hayward Hayward's is given good, up 85 but... yards two times this year. I'm sorry, the the Chargers secondary has given up 85 yards to a wide receiver twice this year. One of them was Odell Beckham Jr., the other one was Josh Gordon. And neither of the, I'm pretty sure neither of those passed 90 yards. Yeah, but Josh Gordon's production this first week was just, he was pretty much the only, it was just pretty much, he was the only receiver in Cleveland. Uh, Joku scored a touchdown. Yeah, but I'm talking about targets. (laughs) <laughs> and they were just peppering him the ball. And how is that going to stop? I'm, I'm, like, I'm just okay, saying. Does that stop, or is it? Do they just keep force feeding him? Well, I wonder now in this matchup how I wonder if Coleman gets more involved against Green Bay than he was last week. 
I still see Josh Gordon getting, you know, 10, 11 targets like he did last week. I see him doing more with it because Casey Hayward made two amazing plays on some uh, on some deep balls that Kaiser threw to to Gordon. Uh, one was in the end zone that got that he knocked away, and one was a ball that was a little bit overthrown, a yeah. little hung in the air a little bit too long, Jeez. and hey. hey Hayward was able to make up some ground and knock it away. Otherwise, that was probably another touchdown. That was a touchdown for Gordon. I mean, so, yeah, I mean, I just can't see. I mean, no one on the Reds. Josh Doxson can't do that. I mean, I, I think you're dumb. I'm not to call any of our listeners dumb or anything, but I think it would be really dumb to play Kirk Cousins this week, and you should not do it. I think that in the game against the Saints, it was an Don't you think? It's an equally tough matchup at New Orleans. No, no, I think the Chargers is tougher because the Chargers think, have the pass rush too. You, but you think uh, Los Angeles has that much of a better defense than New Orleans? They have a better pass rush, and they have just as equally talented of a secondary. So yeah. Also, East Coast team traveling west, like it's just. I thought it was the other it's... way around. <laughs> west Coast going to East. No, the game's it's in East. LA. No, I understand yeah. that, but I thought the struggle. No, but I think I honestly, I think it works both ways for I the think most so, yeah. part. Just also, uh, yeah. one thing that actually is working in uh, Zach's favor on this one: fifty-seven um, percent of the bets are on the Chargers, but seventy-eight percent of the money is going towards Washington. Um, maybe it's because they're getting six points. That's and they think it'll be a closer game. Yeah, but I, I mean, no, sorry, Glenn. Yeah, I still just don't. I don't know. I don't like Kirk Cousins here at all. I, I think this is going to be. I don't. Th- I think it's going to be an under. I think it'll be lower scoring. I still expect Keenan Allen to get like eighteen targets or something stupid because it feels like the Chargers only throw to Keenan Allen, which As hey, they should because he's on yeah. my fantasy team. I'll, I'll exactly. say. I'll, I'll say this. Casey Hayward has been limited all week in practice with a hamstring injury. If he's not able to go, do you feel better? Like, I mean, obviously you would feel better about Cousins, but... Yeah, I would definitely feel better about Cousins if Casey Hayward can't go. I'll, I'll but say, I, I, I don't see him being out. Okay, I'll, I'll just say Joey this. Are Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram still out? They, yeah, they both should play. Then yeah. I still don't feel great about Kirk Cousins. Even with I that, really even if Hayward... Feel better, though. Like, let me put it this way: How many times? How many times did the NBC or ESPN or whoever the whatever fucking game had the last <laughs> multiple Washington one? How many times did they show up a graphic saying how many different uh, offensive line combinations that Kirk Cousins had? How many different? Um, how many injuries they have on the offensive line? How many different times did they have that graphic up, or did uh, the commentators mention a that? lot? Yeah, and you know what does really well against a like a shuffling offensive line that's injury prone, really good Joey pass Bosa. rushers. Yeah, Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram, like they're going to eat all day. Not the Eddie Lacy eat, but they're going to they're just going to destroy this offensive line. And yeah. with Thompson, there's no dink and dunk that Kirk can do here. I, th- I, I think the thing on this game is, uh, you know, one maybe one of the reasons why a lot of money's on the skins is because. I mean, the way that Washington has a chance in this game is to run the ball. Uh, the Chargers cannot stop the run. So, um, you know, you're not going to be able to pass on them. So, you know, if they run the ball, shorten the game, 
you know, probably keep it close. You know, that six points looks looks pretty juicy right there. Sorry to cut you off. Go ahead. No, I just uh, move along. We got uh, three more games that I kind of want to talk about. Kind of the premier three games of this week. Well, two of them are the premier games this week, and then one of them is just the Patriots, who I, I want to give Zach can the I, opportunity to talk about. Can, can I say one thing about one scenario that I don't know if you're going to cover? Are you going to talk about Detroit-Tampa Bay? No. I'll just say one thing because I feel like it's my obligation to talk about funnel defenses in situ- yes. situations like yes. this. Um, All right, you, you got three minutes. I got to run to the bathroom. Okay. Just so, go for it. All right. I'll care. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely fantastic production value on the. Uh, you know, I'm not going to edit this out. This this is this is on Matt. Um, that was it. Who is who is okay? I'm okay. <laughs> this is such bad. This is such bad radio. Okay. Um, Reed, is that you? No, it's not. Actually, I put the popcorn down. <laughs> Stan. Oh, that was that was me. Sorry, I was grabbing something from the, uh, the drawer. I was about to uh, say, who's engaging in World War Three in someone's <laughs> cupboard? Is it that loud? That's crazy. Sorry. Okay. I, um, <laughs> okay. So Detroit. Oh my god, Matt, shush. We didn't even get to talk about Detroit's funnel defense because Stan was engaging in World War Three and Reed, for a brief moment in time, put down the popcorn, but I think he's back out. No, man, I never, I, I haven't had any popcorn yet while we've okay. been recording. I'm trying to be a consummate professional. Here. Okay, thank you, Reed. I appreciate you. You're the only one that I like around here. All right, so D- <laughs> Detroit ranks 14th. In pass efficiency, according to this awesome web website called Sharp Football Stats, but they rank 23rd in rushing efficiency and 29th in explosive rush defense. Peyton Barber enters this enters this week off of a fantastic game last week against Green Bay. He got the ball so many times, and he rushed for I think it was 159 yards. Matt, oh my I, god, that's so wrong. What he rushed. He rushed for 101 yards and or 102 yards, and he had 43 receiving yards. Okay, so it was uh, I was looking at all purpose. My bad. So, I gotcha. 143 all purpose yards on 27 touches. Okay, I gotcha. So, although Detroit ranks kind of in the middle of the pack in yards per carry allowed, they're so much worse on the ground than they are through the air, and that's probably thanks in part to Darius Slay. If we're, and I want, I want to throw this to you guys because I want to hear what you guys think about this. As of now, Martin has practiced this week. I don't know if he's going to go or not. I would, if, if he does go, are you guys still confident in Peyton Barber and Dirk Cutter's knowledge that, hey, maybe we should start Peyton Barber? Or do you think that Martin is just going to make this backfield like a huge headache? Well, ever since Dirk Cutter started Jameis Winston last week and didn't rest him for the rest of the season, I have no confidence in any decision-making ability uh, that that human being can make whatsoever. (laughs) (laughs) Um, If Doug Barton plays, it worries me a little bit. But if he announces that Peyton Barber is the starter, then I want to put Peyton Barber in my lineup because, like you said, it's a fantastic matchup. It's a juicy matchup. Um, He should be able to get plenty of yards against Detroit, especially if he's able, you know, to get some space. But, I mean, Dirk Cutter has not made a single good decision this year whatsoever. Like, on the basis of 
being a human being. So, wow. Sure. So I hate him probably more than uh, Greg Schiano. Possibly. Wow, that's that's bold. So I have a I have a statement and a question for you guys. My statement is that Marvin Jones is probably going to end up as a top ten receiver this week. Um, Not going to argue that. However, are you guys worried about Matthew Stafford's hand? Yes, obviously. Yeah, it's it's okay. swollen like you shut it in a car door, basically. I mean, so then maybe Marvin Jones is not actually hashtag good. <laughs> well, uh, I think if you're lining up against uh, Vern Hargreaves, you can you can do some pretty good things now. Uh, yeah, I, I guess, like you said, it, it'll it'll depend on if Stafford plays, and I am worried. But if Stafford plays and his hand is not swollen um, to the size of an oven mitt, I think he can uh, do some good things this week. So uh, I do want to talk about Seattle and Jacksonville. I want to know what you guys think about Russell Wilson against, you know, AJ Bouye and Jalen Ramsey. Obviously they're going to take away probably Doug Baldwin and Paul Richardson and, or, you know, Tyler Lockett. But we know that Russell Wilson has the ability to run. So do you think there's a possibility that, you know, he scrambles around a bit and is somehow able to find the end zone a couple times and possibly Jimmy So, Graham? yeah, no, I think Russell Wilson is matchup proof this I'm year. I'm not going to argue that. Um, however, I do want to mention the fact that Jalen Ramsey didn't practice today with an ankle injury slash maybe rest. He should probably go. He hasn't, he hasn't practiced like any Wednesdays this year. Is that true? Okay, so then it's not an issue. Um, I think... So the weakness in the Jacksonville defense is their ability to... is against the rush. But I'm not really confident not in Mike Dave. Not anymore. They showed that yeah, they, yeah, uh, Ever they since they had that, a Darius... Or what's his name? Marcel Darius. Marcel, Marcel okay. Darius. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so... Okay, so then scratch my opinion about Mike Davis. I didn't even really want to start him in general. I think Russell Wilson, you obviously have to just start. I don't want to hear you guys talk about how Deshaun Kaiser is better than Russell Wilson based off of I know. I, I, I can't say that. Okay, thank you. I, thank I you. didn't say that. Yeah, I... Okay. <laughs> I'll say it. Yeah, I'll no, say it. Don't. <laughs> do it. I, I'm starting do Kaiser it, over, over Russell Wilson. No, no. That's yes. just... No, I refuse to acknowledge okay, what you just said. Here's my reason why, right? Okay. Okay, first, they're traveling east, right? They are, like, they're terrible when they travel east. Second thing is, this game, okay, the thing about Seattle is like, like, they're really good in December. Okay, but, you know, they don't, they don't sweep the leg, right? Like, they play to, I think Warren Sharp said it best, like, they're very reactionary. So if the other team, you know, turtles up, like, they're going to turtle up too. If the other team opens it up, then they follow suit and, and, and they come out, right? Jacksonville is not going to open it up. Right, they want to run the ball and do like dink and dunk with Gabbert, whatever. Um, you know, I mean, if you think that Jacksonville is gonna, you know, get up by like seven or fourteen points or whatever, then Russell Wilson's gonna have to come up and you know start chasing points. Then I think Russell Wilson's kind of viable, but I mean, now you have to factor in that Jacksonville defense, right? It's very hard to throw against them. Yeah, yeah I mean, the one, the one positive thing. That I was looking at is when they played Arizona two weeks ago, and, and Blaine Gabbert kind of had some success against them, right? Ran a little bit, and 
uh, Ricky Seals Jones. So the the tight end, they were kind of exploiting that matchup a little bit, right? Yes. But, just to, just gonna interrupt you real quick. I yeah. still have no idea who Ricky Seals Jones is. Good call. He's a, t- he's a tight end for. Uh, I I, I know. I know, but why? Why? Why is he all of a sudden having three games where he's? Relevant? I think why was Austin Safarian Jenkins having great games at the beginning of the year? This is because just, he's this sober is, now. This is the great same call, thing Matt. Great that, I mean, call. Besides sobriety, Ricky Seals Jones is like eight weeks later. Austin Safarian Jenkins. <laughs> yeah. To 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 quickly build off of what uh, Stan was talking about. As for Jacksonville's offense, the Seahawks are much better against the run than they are in the past, which should neutralize, I think, the efforts of Fournette. But just because the Seattle secondary is halfway decent doesn't mean I want really any part of Blake Bortles or the belief that Blake Bortles can do well. I have him as my 14th quarterback this week. I think he's startable in 16-team leagues. Okay, so you think he puts up points against the Seahawks defense? enough to warrant us you know a bottom end start you know like you've well okay. i guess we're in the playoffs now so it's like yeah. the best six or eight teams yeah no i oh, can, I, I wow. can buy that but okay so here's the thing right all right so if gabbert puts up points right so then that's going to force seattle to open it up so then this ties into the russell wilson thing right seattle's offensive line like they suck Right, so he's just going to be running it's around there. It's getting yeah. a little bit better. Man, better, you're, better, preaching better. The, you're preaching to the choir here about Seattle's offensive line. Okay, okay. So I mean, Jacksonville, we know they can rush the passer. Now, their secondary is so good. So I mean, yeah. I mean, I guess the only you know place I can see is Jimmy Graham, right? That's like the one exploitable matchup. But right, right. I mean, is, is Russell Wilson going to have enough time to to even find him? Um, I don't know. I, I mean, I mean, those are my reasons for why I would choose Kaiser over Russell. And um, you know, yeah, I guess I, I, I just can't go that far. I can't go that far either. I I'm, am. Go ahead. I am really close there. I will Do say it. this though. Do it. Do it. <laughs> I will say this though. I think Seattle's going to have one of those games where you're going to look at the box score at the end, and they're going to have like eight yards rushing. Okay. In the end, <laughs> I think Seattle. I guess this might be one of the hot takes I have, and I don't even think the Cleveland one's that much of a hot take. I think Russell Wilson throws up 375 yards passing for three uh-huh. touchdowns, uh-huh. And, they, okay. and Seattle, I think, takes care of business against Jacksonville. So uh, I, I actually I have a, I actually have a question. One Russell for three interceptions. I'm going to take the flip side to you. Oh, yeah. wow. Interesting. <laughs> so I actually have a question for you guys. In Daily formats are just just straight up answering this question. Who are you guys more confident in in terms of team defenses? Would you rather start the Jaguars defense or the Seahawks defense? Seahawks defense. Jaguars. Jaguars. Now, see, I'm with Matt. I think I would rather have the Seahawks. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Just because I think I think it boils down to the portal. No, I think it boils down to who is more likely to turn the ball over more, the Jaguars' offense or the Seahawks' offense, and I take the Jaguars' offense in a heartbeat. The Seahawks still has a pass rush, and that's we've seen in the past um, what what Blake Bortles, um, you know what what is I'm trying to think of the I'm trying to think of the word um, his awareness is against a pass rush. I mean. It's like he's blind on one side of his body, you know. Um, but 
I think that Seattle has a better chance of forcing, you know, two turnovers um, as opposed to playing against Russell Wilson, which I don't think he's going to throw at A.J. Bouye or um, Jalen Ramsey unless he has a little bit of a cushion. Otherwise, I think he's going to be looking to run the ball. He's going to look in the slot or he's going to be looking over the middle to Jimmy Graham or maybe Jimmy Graham will be running some outs to the sideline or something like that. But I Russell Wilson is one of the three smartest football players, and he does not get enough credit for it, the way he prepares, uh, the way he game plans. I mean, what he did last week was was impressive in a win against in, in a win against Philadelphia, and uh, that was that was a huge win for Seattle to you know really save their season. And That's true. he has to do it again this week, and I think he's going to be well prepared. Okay. I mean, okay, just to go on what you're saying, last week, Philly's a really good team, but they played them at home, and their secondary is kind of weak. Right? It, so now they have is to go playing in Jacksonville really a road game? <laughs> uh, that's a good point. That's a good point. They do have to travel, though. I mean, that's a lot of miles. Yeah. And they're coming off of a Sunday night game. Yeah, yeah but, but it, it, is, is a, it is a 425 game, right. too. The later game. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, no, it, it makes sense. Your points make sense, for sure. Um yeah, you know, we got two guys on, on opposite sides of the fence here. Um, how are we going to handle this? It'll be interesting. We'll have, to, we'll have to keep in touch about this game because uh, yep. it's definitely one I'm going to be paying close attention to. Yeah, So sure. before I let Zach wrap up with the Patriots-Dolphins, I want to throw the Eagles and Rams uh, to, <gasps> to Stan, and I want to throw it to Reed as well. So, Reed, you can start us off. Uh, what what do you make of this game? Do you think the Rams is, uh, can do the same thing at, on the West Coast as you know the Seahawks did to them last week? No, um, I'm going to put it this way. No, uh, I listen. This is going to be where we find out whether Philly was really a ten and one team that was like as good as ten and one, or their schedule allowed them to be ten and one. I. Th- Think th- like this to me will probably be the closest game of the week. This won't be the most entertaining game from a uh, viewer's perspective. I have an interesting thing on which game will be the most entertaining. Um, I do think Carson Wentz is going to have a monster game. I also think Jared Goff and Cooper Cup are going to have monster games as well. Like I see points being scored here. I think Philly probably wins this game. Like, it's worrying me that the line went from 51 down to 48. Yeah, I saw that too. Oh, like, man, that's that, a that, jump. Yeah, that is a jump. So, I, like, I think Carson Wentz, because I don't think Zach Ertz is playing in this game. Yeah. If, okay. I'm, if I need to go check it, it'll be up on the uh, ambulance chasers tomorrow, everybody, the injury report. Check um, it out. By me. I like I see some points here. I don't think you're going to be as excited at the end of the game with how many points you've got from your Eagles or Rams players. But I do think like I think Philly will end up winning the game. Like it there's a lot of volatility though. Like the Rams could just be like, "All right, Eagles, like here's your West Coast trip" and then just like kick them in the nuts pretty much. But I don't really see that happening. So do you think Philly tries to continue to pound the ball 
with the run? I, or do you I think, think this is a perfect. Goal? I think this is a perfect game to run the ball. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. Yeah. So I like Ogletree a lot in IDP if if he plays, um, and if he doesn't, I like Mark Barron a lot. Um, okay. So yes, uh, Stan, I, I wanted to get your thoughts on this game as well. Uh, maybe you're thinking a little bit opposite, or are you thinking the same thing? Um, yeah, I, I think it's. I think it's going to end up being. Uh, you know, kind of exciting. Um, I think Philly's going to try to establish a run here because that's where the Rams are kind of weak. Um, but, you know, I, I think the Rams are going to be able to put up points. So once they do that, then, you know, Wentz is going to have to get unleashed. And I do think there are opportunities to attack in, in the Rams secondary. Um, but like Reed said, you know, that that total going from 51 to 48 is, is pretty, you know, it's pretty substantial. Um, yeah. It, it definitely has... You know, me thinking I'm going to have to dig a little deeper into this game. But um, I do I do think kind of like it, it'll slow out, you know, start off slow like a heavyweight fight, kind of jab, jab, jab. But if, uh, you know, for the Rams can, um, you know, execute in the passing game, which I think they'll be able to against the Philly corners, uh, you know, then Philly's going to have to chase points. And, I, you know, I could see some points getting scored eventually. All right. And we got to wrap up here, so we'll talk about the last, or we'll talk about the Monday night game. I, if you guys want to say something about the Ravens and Steelers, you can. Like, I personally do not give a shit about this game, and I'm tired of watching the fucking Steelers on prime time every <laughs> wait, week. Wait, no like, one I was going to ask what I thought the closest, most entertaining game was going to be? If you say, hey, hey Reed, what is the most closest and entertaining game of the week? <laughs> It will absolutely be the Colts at the Bills. The game's off the board. Yeah, you, I have a, I have like a really hot take about this, but I want, I'll save it for the end. All right, game was off the board. We have no idea. It looks like Nathan Peterman's going to actually get the start from Buffalo. And I guess a pretty mild take, Kelvin Benjamin will be a top 15 wide receiver this week. He's That's a really hot take. He's no not bad. creeping into my top 30. And I'm going to tell you right now, Nathan Peter, if Nathan Peterman plays, they are, they're not afraid to let him throw the ball. And you're not afraid to be a homer. Right. <laughs> and he's like, it's going to be one of those, he is going to force the ball to Kelvin Benjamin. And, and probably get picked off five times. Yeah, but there's a difference. <laughs> Sandy are the Chargers secondary, the yeah. Colts secondary. True. And that... And I mean, if you there. just lob balls up like 30 feet in the air and they just like kind of hover there 15 yards down the field and you have three defenders around it, like, of course, it's going to be picked off. That has nothing to do with the Steelers secondary. I guess it has everything to do with the pass rush, though. And the Colts do not have one that do exists. Do not have one. And I think this is going to be one of those things. I think seven catches for uh, 80 or 95 to 100 yards and a touchdown okay. for Kelvin Benjamin is where I'm thinking. I don't see that many wide receivers just absolutely popping off, which is why I said, like, top 15. So this is the week that Nathan Peterman looks like the good side of Brett Favre. This is this is where we see this is where we see why Sean McDermott wanted to start him in the first place. Okay. No, I, I, I disagree wholeheartedly. Yes. I can't wait for okay. this. Well, what about we should, we what about the impact on Shady? Who's who's funneling what, Zach? Go. Funnels. No, um I mean, sure. I, I I'll just I'll just say this. Indianapolis is a funnel defense to the pass. 
However, I can't explain it, and it's going to sound very crazy, but according to a whole bunch of different metrics, like Sharp Football Stats and Warren Sharp and the the Christopher Harris Football Index, just according to metrics, Indianapolis... Indianapolis's defense is actually really good. Oh my god! It, it we, sounds oh it sounds god. crazy, and I want to I want to I just want everyone to know that when I say this now, you heard the groans from Matt and Reed. I don't mind starting the Indianapolis defense as like a really just deep league slash daily streaming option. They're super super cheap on all the sites. You, they're available in every single league without a doubt. Peterman struggled in his first game. Uh, in his first game, that was on the road. I don't know how much he can do. I don't know if he can do that much better against the Colts. Their really only offensive option is LaShawn McCoy, and the Colts' rush defense is a whole lot better than their passing defense. So if Indianapolis is going to have to be beaten in this game, it's not going to come with LaShawn McCoy. It's going to come with Nathan Peterman. But how confident are we in Nathan Peterman? And on the other hand, I'll take I don't. I, I think of you know we don't know the line right now, but I can guarantee you it's probably going to be on Buffalo. I'll take Indianapolis and the points in this game because Buffalo's defense is just not good. Frank Gore is actually ranks 11th out of every single running back in rushing success rate. Gore has had the volume; he just hasn't found the end zone. I think he can find the end zone this week. I'm telling you, it's. I know it sounds crazy, but Indianapolis's defense is actually not as bad as we as they were weeks ago. They've gotten a whole lot better, and I think they're a whole lot better than what people give them credit for. Okay, I kind of, I'm kind of digging it. I'm kind of digging it. Um, I, I think Gore can have success against his Buffalo run defense. And also, too, really quick, Buffalo gives up a lot of production to, like, the shorter middle areas of the field, and that's where Doyle dominates all the targets. I don't think it's going to be a Hilton game if Brissett, you know, if the passing offense has a good game. I think it's going to go through Doyle, but mostly on this Indianapolis Colts team, I think it's Frank Gore. Do you guys know that T.Y. Hilton has not followed up a double-digit fantasy uh, game this year with a double, double, another double-digit fantasy game. Yeah, it's been like games of like 32, 20, 0, 0, 0, 53. Like, it's, it's been so frustrating. And he had double digits last week, so just Except keep that And mind. Dante yeah. Moncrief is not looking like he's going to play this week. The line for this, actually, the Colts are the money line favorite. But the game, the points are, it's not even on the board. Yeah, we haven't, yeah, we haven't seen it yet. I don't know, I totally agree with you, Reed, about how this game could totally hit the over of whatever it's set this, at. Like, I never said that this was going to be, like, the best quality football. Like, just imagine what more thrill could you have watching a football game than the Bills down four and Nathan Peterman leading a draw, a game-winning touchdown drive. Like I the other games that are the, on. Yeah. Like, <laughs> the other games. Like, like the thrill watching it. It this could be a shootout. Like the Sean McCoy could pop off as well with like two or three screenplays. So I definitely see points being scored this game, and that's what to me makes it so entertaining. Entertaining games aren't just between the two best teams. They're between they're between teams that make like a lot of mistakes. 
because it's fun to watch. You're like, wow, that was great, or holy crap, that was terrible. And it doesn't matter because points are scored, and you're like, all right, this is good. Like, I'm all in on this. There's, like, a level of, like, crappiness to the quality of play. You're like, this is amazing. It's like watching the Hawks play the Phoenix Suns. (laughs) Like, these teams are going to score points against each other. They're not very good, but there's going to be points scored, and I can't get enough of it. So you may say that, but I think we should ship this game to London and just stream it on Hulu. <laughs> that's that's the take that America needs at this hour. <laughs> I'm okay, sorry. I'm sorry. So, so over to the New England I just Miami don't, game. Okay, I just don't <laughs> want to watch Nathan. I just don't want to watch Nathan Peterman play football. Great call. Get ready for it. Alright, here we go. We're gonna I'm gonna take over from Matt on this one. Uh Zach, we're gonna talk <laughs> yes. about your homeboy Patriots. Alright, let's do it. Are you kicking me off my own hosting duties because I was dissing the Buffalo Bills? No, it's because you took a restroom break in the middle of the freaking show. <laughs> anyways, yeah, that's what happens when you drink. Anyways, we were talking podcast. about before mm. we hit the record button. Um looks like Rex uh Rob Gronkowski after pulling the people's elbow on Tredavious Sweat. Also, one can we disagree? One game was not enough for a suspension for that. Uh, I disagree. I disagree okay. wholeheartedly. <laughs> really? Are you? I I don't think he. And this you sounds be super. Out the rest of season. No, shut up. Yeah. That's no. Let, let me hear. Up. Let me hear the logic. Let okay, me let me hear the logic. Right? Let me. I'll I'll yeah. tell you the logic. I'll tell you the logic. All right. This is gonna be bad. Logic. Just I'm I'm just telling you right now, guys and There's listeners be out some there. Racial bias in here. No, don't you dare. I am not that. T- I am not. No. Stop that. I am, not, I am not that type of Patriots fan. I am not that type of Boston <laughs> Bostonian. Okay, I'll, oh. I'll just say this, and just try to Part ignore the There's some bias, because I am a Pats fan, but just hear me out, okay, because this is logical. In his seven-year career, Rob Gronk, this is the first dirty incident of Rob Gronkowski's career. He doesn't have a history. He does, just, just, just hear me out, okay? Just, just let, me, let me speak, Matthew. He. This is his first time in a seven-year career that he's done some like anything dirty. He's such a clean player, and he's stupid as crap. And he's he's you know he has the same IQ as my pencil over here to my right. Like he's so dumb, but he's not a dirty player. This isn't Vontez Perfect we're talking about. He, th- this yes, it was a dirty hit. It was a cheap shot. But Gronk is the type of player where if you're not like committing defensive pass interference when you're covering Gronk, what are you doing? Gronk got frustrated, and it sucks because from now on, people will be able to do whatever they want to Gronk because of this incident, but it's not fair how uh, defenses cover him because they really do hold and they interfere with him because of his size and the refs don't really call it so after the you know 15th gazillion time that this buffalo bill secondary just holds him and dpis and just awful awful defensive um defensive coverage which is what you have to do to gronk he got frustrated and he lashed out I, I don't literally think... like elbow dropped someone. Yes, I understand it was an elbow drop, but this is the first time. Again, this is the first time in seven years he's done something remotely dirty. Gronk is a very clean player. The only thing I can remember is just him quote throwing the guy out of the club in 
in uh, Indianapolis, but that was that was, that was legitimately nothing. This isn't like a Vontez Burfict type of player where he has a repeated you know history of <laughs> going to decapitate someone. No, I all the analysis where you know, this game was so freaking frustrating because. All of the oh all of the analysis and hot takes about Gronk about how he should get suspended for the year and then on the sideline with Brady and uh, um, McDaniel's engaging in healthy conversation like Stephen Stephen A Smith was like if this was a black quarterback Stop. then okay. like we don't need to just, bring we don't need to yeah. bring that loud mouth into this. Yeah, uh, I just, was, I'll, I'll just, I'll just say this. At the end of the day, I don't think he should have been suspended more than a game. I don't get the reasoning. Because honestly, aside from the cheap shot, what other reasoning do you have that he should be suspended for like four games? Come on now. Okay, let me put it this way. He literally you purposely gave someone. He a hit, shot to he the head. went out of his way after the play was over. A defenseless uh, player on the other team was face, face down. down. He put his entire body weight and elbowed the guy into the ground. How was that different? Injured. Let me put it this way. You said that Gronkowski was injured. At the time, they were winning 23-3. to they, He had nine catches for 147 fucking yards. In what, they were winning 23-3 to with like six minutes left to go in the fourth quarter. Excuse me. What are you frustrated about, man? You're winning the game. You got your no. I'm just 147 uh, yards. You did well. You did well for these uh, DraftKings lineup. I don't understand what you're being frustrated about. If that's what what's frustrating you because you didn't get your tenth catch, then honestly, like go to hell. Like yeah, it was it was (laughs) that's nonsense. I don't care how many times he's getting held. That type of play, like if Tre'Davious White went to court and sued him for battery. He'd win. He would literally win that case because that's not a football play that is well outside the rules, and there's absolutely no reason for Gronkowski to do that. You Super, know damn well. It was it was a dumb move. That. It was a dumb move. But it how was, was and guess what? How was it, that different from Monday night with Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, or even like I think two years okay. ago with I, Odell I Beckham this. and Josh Norman? I got Norman. this. I got I got this. So <laughs> the Juju the Juju Smith Schuster was a good block. Um, the safety play, he should have been suspended. I don't, the, I forget his last, I don't, I don't, I don't know his name. Iloka, um, yeah, yeah. He, he should not have gotten his suspension overturned, but I noticed you brought up Vontez per- perfect a lot. Um, he twists ankles and does helmet to helmet hits and during a football play. Like the difference is that. After the play, Vontez Perfect will, you know, pick at your legs a little bit or, you know, step on you. He doesn't take his elbow and put it into the back of your head and try and knock you out. Like, that's the difference here. Okay, so I guess what you guys saying is that Gronk, this is like the 15th time he's done it. And so this is like a dirty no, player not, that needs to be suspended. If it was a football, it doesn't take during 15 the attempts, to, attempts to like really hurt somebody. I'm just saying that this is the first time in his entire career he's shown any sort of contact So everyone should get away with their first move. Yeah, no, exactly. I'm just that saying that I think... No, I just, I'm not saying... Anything. I'm just saying that I, I think one game was enough. One game and like a game check I think is perfectly fine I think it was a dumb move but I don't understand the reasoning for that he should be suspended for the rest of the year or he should be suspended for like three to four games I don't get okay, that if he's, okay if he's suspended two games if they rule it two games are you still upset 
no, two games is fine. But, again, like, just this whole league and how they view matters matters is so messed up. Like, just it's just messed up. And you got to separate a football play from after the play, Zach. No, like, but I understand that. I understand that. But we can get into, like... Greg Hardy and Ray Rice off the field issues and how, you know, how, and, you know, they got lesser games than Brady for deflating a football. Like, this is such a long conversation we can have, but at the end Ray of the Rice day, never I played think, another football game. I mean, well, I'm saying the initial suspension. I'm just saying the initial suspension. They, that we're not talking about Ray Rice, though. I know. Talking, I'll, I'll, I'll we're just talking say this. about this guy, like, like, uh, okay, if Trey White never plays a game again because he has concussion issues. Just, I don't think that'll happen. But say he never plays a game again, you still okay with a one-game suspension for Gronk because he had never done that before? Because he was frustrated. Because he was frustrated because his team was up twenty points with four minutes left in the game against the Bills, and he already had nine catches for one hundred and forty-seven yards. You're, you're, I you're think good it was with, stupid. No, that's justice. I think it if, was um, stupid. Right. So, what do you think should have been the re- reasonable? Let me put it, let me put it this way. It, let me get. I think put three games. Way. Three games would have been. Let's put it this way. If um, who would be a good example? Okay, let's say Malcolm Butler uh, picks off a pass. Other teams already up by a lot. Four minutes left, and guy on the other team elbows him in the back of the head and knocks him out completely. You you okay if that's just a one game suspension, like after the play, or do you think, oh my god, th- this is multiple games? I honestly, this is where like I, this is where you have to get rid of your fan bias. Okay. Yeah, no, but I'm not approaching. I'm really like I know it's hard to believe me. I'm really not approaching this with any sort of bias. I'll tell you this: if if this had happened to a Patriots player, yes, I would be upset. I would be expecting no more than a one or two game suspension. I really would, just because that's how this league operates. Things and honestly, I think P, I think the reason why he got a game is because they view what Gronk did in the same light of what happened with AJ Green and Jalen Ramsey and what happened with Mike Evans versus New Orleans. What are we ha- like Matt, or what did you think about Mike Evans' suspension? I think he deserved a suspension. Do you and... think? Do you think what he did? Uh, you know, the game is. You know, the play was over. He completely got a running. You know, a, a headstrong start and ran up and leveled a guy in the back. Are you? Do you think the that, back? The back is different than the head. Like, dude, I'm. I'm just telling you though. You that's, need to understand dude, that's how, so how biased. Import- no, 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 it's not. You need to understand like how crucial eliminating headshots is. Sure. Like, to, no, but that, like, that's still an injury. That's where, still an injury. That what if that Saints defender? Oh, go, <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. The whole narrative that can kill football within the next two ten. I'm not two years. The next ten years is people is concussions and the effects from concussions and people not recovering from concussions. Mike Evans hit blindside someone from the back. He should have been suspended more than one game because it was a bitch ass cheap shot. But Gronk hit someone in the head and that is exactly what the NFL is trying to eliminate. That's exactly what will kill the uh, NFL when it comes down to it. Like, it's not going to be these stupid fucking national anthem protests. No. It's going to be... Football is going to die the same way boxing did, where boxing was, like, this... It was so popular, but then when people just started to realize the trauma and head 
problems that these boxers suffered with, it died, and I think that's going to happen to football. But I'm just saying that if this were so to we're happen, talking about a shot to the back. I'm just saying I think the benchmark. The I think the benchmark for these type of incidents is one game. I don't. I don't see how this is any different from what happened with Mike Evans or what happened with Vontez Perfect and you gotta other games. Protect the brain, dude. I know you, you have protect- to protect the brain, but I'm just telling you, it's these type of incidents. I'm I. Maybe I I would probably want more than one game, but the benchmark for all of these incidents is one game. Okay, I can agree that the benchmark is set at one game, but where we can disagree is um, that there needs to be um, it needs to be looked at incident by incident, and uh, it needs to be looked at as long term damage that it can do to another human being. A uh, shot to the back, a blind side to the back is a lot different than an elbow drop to the head. I I don't think I need to say that. Like, but um, <laughs> wrap up by asking Stan if he if he's still here. I'm uh, here. I'm just. I got my popcorn. I'm just listening. Uh, and doing uh, oh man, I can't wait to get back into my popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, to wrap it up, kind of. Um, what do you think of Kenyon Drake this Kenyon Drake this week? I don't like him. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I, you know, I think he'll have some production, right? Just because, like, they're going to give him touches, and he's very involved in the passing game. Um, but, you know, I, I just don't really have too much confidence in this Miami offense. Uh, no, just, no. Yeah, so, um, what do you think about Kenny Stills, though? He's had he's had two really good games uh, the past couple weeks. Uh, last week, five catches for 98 yards and a touchdown. And he followed or, uh, the previous week. I think he had like over 150 receiving yards. But that was with Moore, right? I mean, if Moore was playing QB, like I would, but Jay Cutler um, got 98 yards with Cutler. Yeah, but I, I, know, think, I think he's New England. I don't know. You know, they're going to take him away, right? I think uh, Kenny Stills is what I thought Devontae Parker would be this year. I think he's come on to be that type of player. I. I, I can't believe Devontae Parker is just, like, really another year that he's not involved in this offense the way that I thought he would be because he's such a talented player. But, I mean, yeah. there's got to be something Pryor, going on there. Like him and Terrell Pryor are basically twins. Yeah, basically uh, um, big physically I mean, imposing receivers that have all the tools but just can't put it all together. Um, You, you like Drake in this matchup? No, because I think that the – the Zach brought up you know, about a month ago, and he's he's been right ever since about it. Is how much that the New England defense has really tightened things up, and how they're just not, you know, a cupcake matchup anymore um, sure. for your quarterback or your running back or receivers. So that's kind of what I, I I don't I get kind of queasy when I have a player playing against the Patriots anymore, you know. So uh, yeah, I think that about wraps it up. I mean, we're going on an hour and a half tonight, which is. Which I guess is kind of a good thing because we got playoffs this week, so we can talk about as much stuff as, as we can. But um, so, Stan, why don't you tell us your Twitter handle and what you have going on this week? Uh, at Stan underscore Sun, um, I'm basically over on the hoop side. So if uh, you ever, you know, you guys play hoops or you're interested in hoops, come check us out. You know, we got a uh, lot of content. Over I'll there. ask you uh, who's your surprise uh, fantasy basketball player this year so far. Uh, in terms of what sleeper or waiver wire pickup or yeah, sleeper just, sleeper, um, I think Donovan Mitchell, right? 
Um, oh boy! I no idea. You know, yeah, he was drafted really late. Uh, he plays for Utah. You know, he's a rookie. Um, you know, I was, I, you know, I liked him. You know, in, in the preseason, but I obviously didn't rank him that high just because. You know, he's a rookie. Like, what's he going to do? It's going to take time. But um, the dude is a stud. He's just straight balling out. So um, You've been talking with Viz too much. I know, right? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Viz. Um, yeah, we, we, you know, we had some conversations in the preseason bottom. So he actually kind of, you know, elevated my um, my positivity on him. But, uh, yeah, no, he's, he's, he's a stud. And he's basically uh, neutered Ricky Rubio. So, <laughs> All right. Um, so, yeah, it's good. All right, Reed, uh, what's your Twitter handle? It is uh, ReedCash17, R-E-I-D-K-A-S-H-1-7. Um, Viz and I are going to be doing a, a hockey podcast tomorrow. Uh, a lot of interesting stuff. I think we have a couple good topics. We're going to do some buy low guys, some sell high guys, and who would we give the season awards to if they were given out today? Yeah, sticking to, stick stick to the same uh, theme that I stuck to with uh, – with Stan, who who's your surprise hockey player this year? Um, it's not so much player as it is team, and it has to be the Vegas Golden Knights. They okay. just keep putting up goals where I never thought they'd be able to. But in terms of one individual player, probably um, no. I think if I'm gonna go, I think it would have to be the entire St. Louis top line. Um, so this would be Braden Shen. Uh, Vladimir Tarasenko and Justin Schwartz, Jaden Schwartz. Um, we knew that like everyone who does fantasy hockey knows that they were very talented players, but they just traded for Shen and they are all in the top 17 in points. Um, Schwartz and Shen are eighth and ninth and they've just been out of this world. They've, that line's been so good. Hockey's gotten very um, stacked in terms of who's doing the scoring. A lot of the top lines are dominating, which is always nice to see. So, yeah, I'd have to go with those guys for the most part. Okay, cool. Uh, Zach, why don't you tell us your Twitter handle? And I know your rankings will be up on Thursday morning. So why don't you let us know uh, the Twitter handle and, you know, give us a little preview of what you got going on in the rankings. Uh, so you guys can follow me on Twitter at Razball underscore Zach. I'll have my rankings out with uh, you can probably expect Derek Carr and this Oakland offense to be kind of highly up there. And I don't have much else to say except for the fact that. Uh, thanks to Rich Hebrar on Twitter. I messed up that name, but whatever. Um, from Roto World, Rex Burkhead has scored a touchdown once every 13.2 touches. Alvin Kamara. Wow, that's impressive. Alvin Kamara has scored a touchdown once every 13.3 touches. So I think that just oh, can so who's confirms really, who's really the number one running. Yeah, I think I think football. Rex Burkhead is probably the greatest uh, football player of our generation, and that's what <laughs> that's what I think this podcast should be known. I think if we all, all four of us were to die, I think before Sunday, I think our legacy should be Rex Burkhead and Deshaun Kaiser are the best football players to ever grace this earth. I think that's a great point to wrap up at. Um, 
I, me and Zach will be answering questions all weekend for you guys on um, the preview threads, and you can check us out um, there. You can check me out on Mondays. Uh, I wrap up the Sunday games. You can follow me on Twitter. As always, you can always ask me any fantasy football-related questions or non-fantasy football-related questions if it pertains to you, if, you, if you're a food or a rap music fan. You know, um, you can follow me at Razball underscore MB. All right, that about wraps it up. Thanks. Peace.